welcome to Pause and Pray. This week we're continuing looking through Mark's Gospel and today our passage comes from Mark chapter 2 verses 18 to 22. So you might want to get a a Bible, uh, maybe get a drink and just find some space, uh, take some time out to just look at scripture and to pause and to reflect on it and to see what God might be saying to us today as we look at these words of Jesus. So I'm reading Mark chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak, otherwise the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. Well, I'm sure if you're honest and you're thinking about these uh, words of Jesus, you might be a bit perplexed as to what he is talking about. Uh, and of course, this imagery is, is pretty unfamiliar to us. Um, we don't use wineskins anymore, do we? Um, so what is Jesus saying here? Well, Jesus is approached by some people uh, who have this question to him, uh, a question about the religious practices of his disciples. Uh, And they say, you know, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Well, fasting was a practice by um, all Jewish people were encouraged to fast uh, annually at the Feast of Atonement. That was a very uh, solemn, uh, solemn day. And so fasting uh, was encouraged for everyone for that. But there isn't uh, many examples where fasting was encouraged regularly for everyone. But what we do know, uh, just from reading the Gospel accounts, that the Pharisees uh, fasted twice a week. Uh, That was part of their practice. Uh, The Pharisees, of course, were well known for for being extremely religious, very zealous for the law uh, of Moses, but also they would kind of put on these additional rules and regulations and religious practices in order so that they wouldn't come close to breaking the Jewish law. Uh, Such was their their devotion, uh, their zeal. As for John the Baptist disciples, we know less about them, uh, but of course we know that John was, uh, he was an ascetic, he lived in the wilderness, Uh, he had this very simple lifestyle and uh, quite possibly that was what his disciples adopted as well for themselves. So clearly here, fasting was a practice that John's disciples did too. So if John, who was this, this very charismatic preacher that drew many people to himself, that you know made people question whether he might be the Messiah, if his disciples fasted, if the Pharisees, with their devotion to the law, uh, with their religious zeal, if they fasted, 
Surely then, if Jesus, uh, who is growing in influence, who clearly has this authoritative teaching, clearly is someone particularly special, uh, anointed by God, uh, has this power to heal, surely, uh, surely if he had that anointing from God, why would he not also encourage his disciples to fast? That was a question. We don't quite know if the people are trying to question Jesus, seeking kind of an honest answer, or if they're trying to uh, accuse him of something. We're not quite sure uh, what the angle is here, where they're getting at. But Jesus answers their question in a way that he answers lots of questions that are put to him with a question. Uh, a great kind of rabbinic, uh, rabbinic rhetorical device to answer a question with a question. Uh, and he says... The wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? Well, if you're at a wedding feast, uh, and remember wedding feasts in those days went on for several days, would you be fasting at a wedding feast where you were there celebrating with, in the presence of the bridegroom? Uh, would you be observing your uh, religious practices? Well, no, the answer is no, you wouldn't. You would be celebrating. It would be a joyous occasion. It would be an insult to the wedding. It would be an insult to the bridegroom uh, if you were turning down this, this food and this wine and this celebration uh, in order to devote yourself to fasting. No one would fast at a wedding feast. And Jesus is using this, this picture language um, to talk about himself and the, the age of the Messiah is quite often in the scriptures depicted as a wedding feast. And so Jesus is here identifying himself as the bridegroom. Uh, he is saying, you know, while I am here present with you, uh, this is the age of the Messiah. He is making, he's making his claim to be the Messiah and saying, while I am still with you, you do not need to fast, just as you wouldn't be fasting if you're at a wedding feast while the bridegroom was still with you. He then, of course, then goes to say uh, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. He's alluding to his death. Uh, then they will fast. Uh, scholars think that was uh, the church kind of justifying why it then practiced fasting afterwards. But of course, we are in Theologically speaking, in this kind of time of now and not yet, where God's kingdom has uh, has come, but it hasn't come in completion. And we are looking forward to, to the second coming of the Messiah, this second glorious wedding feast uh, that will go on to eternity. Uh, so for now, fasting is a practice that uh, is entirely appropriate, as we're encouraged to do so in Lent. But at that moment, while Jesus was with them in responding to this question, he was saying his disciples did not need to fast. You do not need to fast while the Messiah is with you. And then he goes on to, to talk about uh, a couple of other images in, uh, uh, in, to answer this question. He says, no one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak, otherwise the patch pulls it away. The new from the old and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. So what is Jesus saying here? Well, 
basically he is saying that that now there is a new world order if you like now is the messianic age new wine is a figurative of this new age uh, and what he is saying is that is it just as new wine that uh, might still be fermenting and therefore causing gases might cause a, a kind of an old hardened wine skin to burst because it doesn't have that elasticity just like that might happen there is an incompatibility with the new world order that Jesus is bringing uh, and the old world order that that the Pharisees are still living in Jesus say, is, is saying, you know, people need to think differently. He is bringing something new, something different. He is unsettling the ways of the world. Uh, and in all sorts of ways, Jesus is, uh, might be alluding to the fact that uh, as the Pharisees were uh, adhering to the strict religious practices of the law in order to make themselves righteous before God, that is the way of the old world order and the new world order is one of grace is one of being made righteous before god because of christ people needed to think differently people needed to think differently about jesus about who he was people also needed to think differently about what this messianic age would look like for many people at the time, it was it was kind of tied into this idea of Jewish nationalism, where the nation state of Israel would be restored, and where a Messiah would come in and uh, and restore this nation to its place in the world. Jesus is saying you need to think differently. That that is the old world order way of thinking, and there is this new age. There is this new wine. So what can we take from this saying? Clearly Jesus was answering a very particular question in that particular context, but are there anything, uh, are there any things that we can take uh, from this for us today? Well, in one sense, there is a, a very general application and that Jesus is, he's talking about new creation. He's talking about this new age of the kingdom of God. He's talking about this, this messianic age. This world order that, that has come and that has arrived. But as I said, it has not come in completeness. But what Jesus is saying is that, is that the, the old world order is incompatible with this new world order. And so as we follow Christ, one of the challenges that we face is shaking off this, this old world order this way of doing things this incompatibility on another level for us it's also about being open and receptive to to god doing new things jesus uh, he really was the great unsettler he came uh, and his teaching was unsettling to people People said it was new, it had uh, authority about it. And this image of new wine into old wineskins uh, kind of alludes to the fact that, 
that we need to be receptive to God doing new things. New things in our own lives, new things in the world, new things in the church. Of course, sometimes new things can be quite difficult. Uh, there can be an incompatibility with the way uh, that we're used to. Sometimes, if we're honest, we might uh, think, actually, maybe we're a bit more like these old wineskins. We're quite tough. We're quite hardened. We're not malleable. We don't have that elasticity. We're not able to, to kind of adapt and mould to new ways of doing things. Actually, Jesus is saying, for there to be new wine, new wine needs to go in new wineskins. It needs to have that elasticity. We need to be receptive to the new things that God might be doing. So when it comes to us, our own lives, our own faith, are there any new things that God might be challenging us with? Are there any ways that, if we're honest, we're quite comfortable with? Old ways that we don't necessarily want to change. Are we being challenged to become more elastic, more receptive to new ways of doing things? New things in the church, new things in our life, new things in the situations that we face. Uh, in what way might God be doing something new in us and through us? And how can we respond to that? As we reflect on these questions. Let's take a moment to just be quiet for a moment and then I'll pray. Lord, as we reflect on Jesus' teaching, as we recognise he came and turned many people's worlds upside down, Lord, you still do this today. And may we be like new wineskins, receptive to the new things that you might be doing in our own lives, new things that you might be doing in the world. And may we look ahead forwards to this coming wedding banquet. May we play our role in bringing in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen.